This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. We're here to help steer you in the right direction. Welcome to our podcast. We've got a potpourri of emails today to go through that you can listen to while walking off that Thanksgiving turkey or Tofurky or uh, steak <laughs> or whatever it is you happen to eat at your house. If you have a question about your car, you could also send us an email to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Hello, Allison. Hi, Liz. Well, here's some emails. And the first one we've got is someone called in. They kept hearing some popping uh, in the right front when they turned left and right. And what did you think uh, from the email that they talked about? You thought it might be their CV joints. Right. What, tell us about CV joints and what you need to know. And when you your CV joints go bad, what does that mean? So they are what turn your wheels from the transmission. And they are a double-jointed on each side. Uh, part and like an axle, they're called your your axles. Actually, they're your front axles, and and they they have them on the rear too for all-wheel drive. But they um they're mainly on the front, and those are constant velocity joints, CV joints. So they constantly turn with your car, and they oscillate as your wheel goes up and down and moves. So they're able to move around, and so when they go bad, they start making clicking and popping noises and it's usually more of a click 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 and kind of sound and that's quintessential cv joint problem so they were towing this vehicle and i'm not sure how they were towing it if they had the back end pulled up and the front down or if they had it where all four tires were on the ground but if if they had it where all four tires on the ground and those cv joints had been turning for they said the car had two hundred and seventy thousand miles and 100,000 miles were being pulled by the RV, so it still was working those joints, and it wore them out. And that's that's kind of a common wear uh, point on cars. That's not unusual for the CV joints to go out. It happens across the board on all manufacturers, and they and it, they quintessentially make a clicking noise. There's not anything else that does it unless you got a leaf or something stuck in your fan that's that's turning and set, or in your blower motor down in your dash. But that's you, when it's coming from the wheels. It's almost always going to be your your CV joints. Next, we had an email from Deborah, and Deborah, um, I'm kind of, I guess I'm, I'm jealous. She has a, a newer car, and she was talking about an auto off feature, and she doesn't really like it. Um, what? Tell me, I don't even know about uh, this auto off. She had a 2019 Toyota Highlander. Uh, unlimited or limited and she wanted to know if she could turn the auto off tell me about this thing so what it does is when you pull up to a red light if you're there for a certain amount of time it goes ahead and turns off your engine for you to save gas it's another way to make emissions um to for them to get the regulations to get uh, lower emissions from your vehicle it also saves gas which a lot of green things save you money um 
So that's a way to save money there. You're going to get better gas mileage. So it's a wonderful, wonderful feature. Now, why she wanted to turn it off, I have no idea. This is one of those things where you want to leave it as is. But she was asking if there's a way basically to hack the system and disable it. And there probably is if you got a hacker, but I don't trust that process at all. And as far as I know, there's not a way to get in there and turn that feature off. Um, it's something that's built into these cars, and they they are the way they are, and they and they want them like that. Unlike other features like the lane assist and these things that you can turn off, this one you can't. And I like it. This is one of the the few things that <laughs> with the new technology that I absolutely love, and I think it's a wonderful thing, and it needs to stick around. Okay, here's another one. This one is from Peggy, and we've talked uh, a number of times on our show about the headlight restoration kits. And uh, just remind folks quickly what that is and why someone would want to use that. Okay, so on your headlights, when it gets yellowed, you see these these headlights that have yellowed out. That's oxidation. It's caused from the sun, from UV radiation. It oxidates it, turns it in colors, and sometimes it'll crack it a little bit and put little fractures in there. Next thing you know, you can't see as well at night. It does cloud the headlights. It is a safety problem and uh, something that needs to be addressed. Now, 3M is a wonderful company. They're one of the biggest corporations in America. They've been around for a really long time, and they have products in almost every single industry out there. One of the great products they make, and it's sold in all auto parts stores that I've seen, is a little kit that you can get, and it's usually up at the cash register, or you can find it in the paint section um, for your cars and your automotive stores. And it has a drill bit in there for you to put a polisher bit on there. It's got different sandpapers that in there, and it, it walks you through the process of wet sanding your headlights and then putting on a coat that helps keep the radiation off of it and keep and restores your headlight back to new and it works really really good i've got one and i absolutely loved how it worked and it was really really easy and it was inexpensive so it was only about 30 bucks with tax that versus 150 dollars a headlight to replace it to brand new and this gets it to just about brand new again then it's well worth it to get this kit it's easy to use anyone can do it the only extra thing you need is some masking tape to mask off around your headlights. And it literally takes maybe an hour, maybe an hour and a half to, to really do it well. And if it's really, really bad, um, if your cracks are deep in there, it's not going to get those. But at least you can get the oxidation off and get your renew your headlights where you can see again at night. And it's, I noticed a huge difference on my van when I did it. It was huge. And it, it, it was scary how bad mine had gotten. And, I, you know, I, I don't drive my van a lot, but it was really, really bad at night. And I almost couldn't see it all. And it was a drastic. It was a 100% change. 
change different. So 30 bucks, 3M headlight kit. There are other kits that Meguiar's makes. I haven't tried those. I'm sure they're just as good. But it's great to know that you can restore these headlights instead of having to replace them to get them back new again. Now, you may have to buff them every six months to a year and kind of keep it keep it clean, but, but at least you're ahead of the game and you've gotten it pretty much eliminated, and it's a wonderful system. And it works and the toothpaste doesn't. It do, do not do the toothpaste. Do, technically, the toothpaste works, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to oxidize right back because you didn't. there's no way to have really gotten it deep enough. That's kind of like a quick fix thing. Um, this, this 3M product or any headlight restoration product, it gets deeper in there. You go a little bit further, so it's going to last a lot, lot longer than the toothpaste will. You know, my dad passed when I was in my early 20s and working on the car with him when I say working on the car, <laughs> I like, mean Whoa. changing light bulbs, not working on a car, but you know, changing the fuse, that waxing the car, that kind of working on the car. Yeah. But those were some really good memories that I have. So this would be a great thing to do with a teenager, um, even with a young kid. You know, yeah. hand me that drill bit, hand me that tape. Uh, something to do when you've got some time with your family. That's a great idea. Yes, definitely something fun to do with children. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing the leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. You already know MPB Think Radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you. But instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars, how about axles? Trucks to motorcycles, cars, even 18-wheelers. Your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on Think Radio. For more information on how to donate your vehicle, visit mpbonline.org support. Let's go through some more emails that uh, we've gotten. Here's one from Sophie. And Sophie wanted to know about nitrogen in the car tires. Does it cost extra? Do you have to have it? Can you mix air? Tell us about airing up the tires with or without nitrogen. So we get this question a lot, actually. And the nitrogen that they're putting in tires, they started doing that basically... um, kind of as a selling point to say, hey, we have nitrogen in these tires. We're, we're a little better than the other guys. Um, it is technically better for the car. It lasts longer. It holds air pressure better. Um, it, it's, it, it's, it will maintain the air pressure better instead of losing it as quickly. So that's really basically all it does. Um, and I think it keeps the, te- the temperature of the tire down lower, which helps with racing applications. But you, um, other than that, it's kind of just a kind of a gimmicky thing that's not, I don't think it's really necessary. And then it does cost more to get it aired back up with nitrogen. Everywhere that I've been, it 
was a pain to do it. <laughs> all the all the techs didn't really want to fool with it. A lot of times machines were broken or they weren't working properly. So to me, it's kind of something that's not worth really fooling with. If it has it, just fill it back up with air, and that's perfectly okay to to add air to where nitrogen has been in the tire and, and just do that. So it's kind of an unnecessary thing unless you just really don't want to have to add air as often to your tire and 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 so that's that's my thoughts on the nitrogen okay here's the last one this is from uh someone who calls us lassies um (laughs) (laughs) he must be english right yeah yeah irish or something um he was talking about spark plugs and how how long do spark plugs last um, different types of spark plugs. What do, what do we need to know? Give us the quick and dirty about spark plugs. Well, for each different type of spark plug, they have a recommended life on them. Um, and he's right here on iridium spark plugs. It's about fifty to 60,000 miles. With platinum plugs, it's around 100,000. Platinum I, plugs. <laughs> ooh, fancy. They do last longer. They do last longer. And so it does decrease the amount that you have to pay for maintenance on your car. Um, the, the thing is, those are predictions. And... So you want to, when you get close to the miles that is recommended for your spark plug, go ahead and pull them and have a look at them and see how they're looking. Sometimes they last longer than what's predicted. Sometimes they don't. And also know when your spark plugs are due. You'd be surprised to know that Toyota has a few engines that they're recommended change every 30,000 miles. I know the spark plugs on my van, my Dodge van, my 1999 Grand Caravan are due every 30,000 with the type of plugs they use. I think I upgraded them last time so that I don't have to change them so often. Um, so know when your spark plugs do, and it really varies between car manufacturers. So it's 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 very it's very different. Usually that's the first thing I look at in my owner's manual when I when I pick up an owner's manual, or I'm or I'm looking at a car when I'm doing a maintenance job. Is I pick up I go straight to the owner's manual and I look for when the spark plugs are due, and it, it they can vary anywhere from thirty thousand to one hundred and twenty thousand miles. I haven't seen any say over one hundred and twenty thousand, but so he was wondering about the life of them. You can go by the predicted life, and then the, there's no better way to know than to have a spark plug pulled, and that's taking the spark plug out is what they're talking about. You don't literally pull it out. You unscrew it and take it out and look at it and see if the gap is widened too much on there or if the little little node has worn down. If it looks like it's brand new, then it's fine. And if you're not getting a misfire code, it's good. But generally, if you are getting a misfire code, it's probably your spark plugs. You've gone, you've gone past due on when they're due and they've worn out and they're not sparking correctly anymore. So that's, that's um, my thoughts on these different types of spark plugs and when they're due. We're going to catch you up on some of the recent recalls. There have been almost a million Toyota, Scion, and Lexus cars, minivans, SUVs, and pickups. It's for a replacement airbag inflators that were intended as short-term solutions for the dangerous originals involved in the Takata airbag crisis. Dealers will replace either the driver or front passenger airbag indicators or the airbag assembly using an alternate inflator. 
Next, there were over 500,000 Chevrolet and GMC SUVs and pickup trucks. They're all equipped with 5.3-liter V8 engines and a 3.08 ratio rear axle and four-wheel drive. This is a long sequence of problems. The dealer will reprogram the electronic brake control modules for you. There was uh, almost 500,000 2017, 18, and 19 Subaru Crosstrex and Imprezas. The engine control module may continue to blow the, continue to power, sorry I said blow, the ignition coil after the engine is shut off, which could result in a short circuit and blown fuse. Dealers will have to update the ECM software and investigate the status of that ignition coil. Also with Subaru, there was almost 400,000 2015 to 18 Subaru Foresters. This recall involves loosened electrical connections in the front passenger seat for the occupant detection system. Owners will get a notice and then a second notice once a remedy becomes available. So there's not much to do for that yet. And there's a little over 300,000 2019 Honda CRVs. The owner's manual incorrectly describes how the CRV's passenger airbag off light works, and the automaker will provide you a sticker to put in your owner's manual. Now, you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website. Remember, that's NH. TSA.gov slash recall and inputting your VIN number. Remember, you can find your VIN number three different ways. It should be on the dashboard in front of the driver, should be on the driver's door on your little strike plate that talks about the tires. It also should be on your insurance card that you keep in your glove box. As we do each week, here is an unreliable car not to buy. Consumer Reports has a list of vehicles that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on their subscriber responses to their annual auto survey. Today, we're going to caution you about the Dodge Durango, the 2004, also 2011 through 13 and 16. Some of them have caught on fire. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. If you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. Casey has reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for over 25 years. His link is in the podcast to see some of his reviews. Allison, we are posting this on, or I guess you said the podcast will drop on Thanksgiving. (laughs) What are you thankful for this year? Oh, this year. You know, I'm really, I'm thankful to no end to be able to do this on this show and come in and and do the radio show. I absolutely love it. Um, It's one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And then getting to work on my race car and building it. I'm rebuilding the engine right now through the winter and doing the rest of the car. And I'm thankful for the help that I'm getting from friends and and people I've never met before that just want to help me do this and just think it's the coolest thing in the world that I'm building a, a race car. 
and I'm super, super thankful for that. So I have a lot to be thankful for this year. What about you, Liz? Well, I'm very thankful. We're almost to the fourth anniversary of my husband having a liver transplant, oh, yeah. and his wow. sister needed to have one. It's the same genetic disease. He had to, She had to have one in June. And, you know, folks, when you go get your driver's license or made, make sure you get the little heart on there. Tell your family, um, family members, this is a wonderful way to have your loved one be remembered. And people, I I pray every night for the donors and the donor families Mm -hmm. of my loved ones who received donated organs. So I'm just very thankful to that donor family and the donor who let their family know that they would be willing to be an organ donor after they no longer had use for them. Yes. That it it allowed my sister-in-law to uh, continue her life, to live with her husband, her kids. She and did end up getting the transplant. She then. did, yes. Okay, yeah. great. Um, and, uh, you know, she's not a grandma yet, but yeah. uh, she, now she gets she's to. hoping she, she gets a chance to. Oh, that's a good one. So that's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Join us Thursdays at 10 a.m. for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio or listen Listen live at 10 a.m. on Thursdays from mpbonline.org. Our website is autocorrect.mpbonline.org. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.